He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> I already know we're going to get along great with our guests today because they are fellow wine lovers and podcasters just like us. Trisha Renoni and Rebecca Haran are, are co-hosts of the Drunk Read Through podcast where they get drunk on wine like I'm sounding Hold right now. Hold on a second. Did you say her? <laughs> no, I didn't. Did he say her? Heron. 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 But it's okay. <laughs> Should we start again? No! Oh no. my god. I don't know. I lost my place now. Drunk read through podcasts. <laughs> they get drunk on wine and read scripts. Sounds fabulous. Yes, we'll play. <laughs> but here today, you're here to talk to us about the exciting new project that you are both two of the queen bees behind. The brand new prison-themed comedy, Pink is In. Yes, it is currently airing on Bell 5 and On Demand. These two powerhouses own the production company 180 Sisterhood Productions, which also has a Christmas movie in the works. I'm waiting for my audition. Please welcome to the Pussy Podcast, Trish and Rebecca. Woo! Hi, guys. I feel what like I'm saying celebrities. I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying celebrities because I'm a big fan of yours, and I stalked you guys. So this is surreal. It's like seeing it's like seeing Santa Claus, only not Santa. And okay, there's two of you, and you don't look like Santa Claus at all. Yeah, great. I was gonna say now you're just calling us fat, but okay. I was gonna say I don't know. You can't see from the <laughs> down, and my cheeks get mighty red. <laughs> uh, thank oh, you. We're so happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, uh, that's so exciting. Yeah, like we just actually watched. Pink is in right before this interview, so we're feeling the starstruckness too. But it's a great oh. show, a great concept. I have so many questions uh, about it. But well, I guess I should give a little give a little thing that I stole from your interview. Um, it's basically if anybody doesn't know, Pink is in. It's set at the fictional Chatsworth Hamilton Women's Prison in Hamilton, Ontario, O Canada, and the show focuses mm -hmm. on a di diverse group of unhinged inmates. Mm-hmm. Oh, the administration's a little unhinged too. How would you yeah. how would you guys describe your show? Like if you were to give like an elevator pitch. Also, I want to point out that I may be Queen Bee in the prison, but I'm not a producer on this show. Yeah. So on screen I'm a Queen Bee, but not behind the scenes. Though Rebecca is an executive producer. So That's right. Um, I would say that the show is influenced by shows like Orange is a New Black, Wentworth, Reno 911, you know, um, there's a lot of just zany, fun comedy, like, the worst case scenario always happens at this prison, <laughs> and everybody is kind of left to somehow not really pick up the pieces, <laughs> like, yeah. Do you um, my character? Oh, sorry, go ahead. The orange is the new black? Yeah, I, I think, like, it's, like... I think it's different enough, though, because, like, I noticed yeah. on the IMDb, some people are, like, this is, like, orange is the new black, but I feel like they probably, if they say it's just like it, they didn't watch both shows, because I feel like they're so different, because I watched both, and orange is the new black is, like, I had anxiety watching it because it was kind of scary. Well, that's <laughs> like, I felt like Reno 911 too because like Reno 911, I don't know if you guys remember, it was like so out there and so dysfunctional. I did not like, watch that one. Oh, it was hilarious. Have you guys seen that? Oh yeah, step, bump, step, bump, bump, step. And then, so it's like about police officers that suck at their jobs. Is and Andy Samberg in that? No. Oh. No, this is like pre pre like pre Andy Samberg SNL. This is like oh. OG like ridiculousness. And oh. like Nisi Nash is in it and so many great comedians are in it. Oh. Okay. Um, Wasn't it inspired from the movie Super Troopers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, then, I am familiar with Super Troopers. Yeah. So, so just like, like shenanigans. Yeah. You mix that, mix that with Orange is New Black, and then pretty much get Pink is in. Like, dysfunctional, crazy, and then prison setting, all women. 
Well, I think something that you guys have mentioned in interviews, or maybe it was just talking to Jesse and him relaying the message to me, is that the difference is, is yours is straight comedy. Now, the reason I think that Orange is the New Black gave people anxiety and made it intense is because it went from the first season of being super funny to, like, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. dark and gloomy. So you all have no way of following that sort of path. No. No, and I mean... the sticks with comedy. Yeah, it's strictly comedy. But the cool thing about it is that um, for the show, we had a consultant that Trish brought on, Emily, who was in a Canadian prison. And she wrote a really amazing book about her experience. And she now has a, she's like an entrepreneur and does like a lot of talks and she has her own business now. And so she came on board and um, helped the creative team with consulting on a few things and um and then we've teamed up with the emily uh, elizabeth fry society which is a society across north america that helps women who were incarcerated um so it's, it's got some grassroots like um goodness behind it even though it is crazy goofy comedy at the creative side but yeah now, you must have learned a lot, like working with consultants, and is it filmed in a prison? No, it was filmed in a studio, and um, um, I oh, actually boy. wasn't on set, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I was just more behind the scenes and helping mentor the team. Um, but it was filmed in a studio in Hamilton. It was all shot in Hamilton, and um, they also partnered with some local businesses as well in Hamilton to shoot at their locations. And it was all shot during September, during COVID crisis time, you know? Oh, yeah. The team did a really amazing job of coordinating how do you shoot in this new pandemic world? And one of the questions I had was why? Because so many productions held off, decided to delay, wait. What made you decide to go ahead with this? I think because the team, you know, was so gung-ho and so excited and the actors were excited and the broadcaster was excited. And, you know, the team, the core team had been working on the project for over a year. And so the opportunity kind of came and they just decided, let's do it and figure it out and grassroots it. Like, you know, we're going to, the show was created by filmmakers and actors and they wanted to give back to their community and they wanted to um, work with actors in, in the Toronto indie scene that don't really have a chance sometimes um, to, you know, have bigger roles. So it was really a labor of love for everybody. And that's kind of why it's been so successful, really. Now, you both probably had to do, like, a pretty fair, decent amount of research. You have to study, like, the women's prison system and stuff. What is some, an interesting thing that both of you learned from this experience about women's penitentiary system within Canada? Because there's a lot that oh. we don't know. Well, actually, how I met Emily was I interviewed her on a podcast I had, like, about kick butt ladies. This is like maybe two years ago. Um, I don't do that podcast anymore, but that's where I had like had a really great chance to have an in-depth talk with her about being in prison. And so I feel like through like some of her um, articles, she's like very, very, she has like a good following on social media. She's very active. She's shooting a show now with Bell Five about it. So just from hearing from her experiences, I feel like I learned a lot, but one thing, because I'm a total weirdo, <laughs> that shocks me the most, and she was like, I really hope this is in the show, like, please tell me it's going to be in the show. Um, when she was in the prison, they had this sign up saying that you can't wear thongs, so it's like granny panties only, basically. And that's my biggest takeaway from her. I'm like, that is hilarious. You couldn't wear granny, or no, I mean, yeah, you couldn't wear thongs. You could only wear granny panties. But aren't issued like the same underwear? So what are these girls like cutting thongs into their granny panties? Probably. I feel like that's a really good question. (laughs) And, And we need to find the answer. So in the show, like on set, they actually had a sign on the wall If you look really closely in one of the first scenes in the first episode between um, guard uh, Jigs and Jigs, I said Jizz, um, (laughs) 
And I think Princess, when he's like, when she's first getting into the prison, you can see it on the wall if you look really closely. That's, that's a good storyline. You should have one of the like prisoners make a thong and she gets in trouble, but really they're just too big. She's trying to make them fit. Why am I in trouble? Oh, or she's making thongs selling them on the slide. Oh, that hasn't been done before on a <laughs> yeah. show. But I oh, think Top Dog would do that. Yeah. Make those Top Dog dollars. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like I feel like we need to bring this to the writer's attention. <laughs> I know they have like many episodes written ahead of time. Like they already have a bunch of stuff yeah. written. So hopefully yeah, we get to shoot more. We're working on trying to get a season two now. So that's our next goal for this year. So. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Rebecca, did you learn anything really interesting about the women's prison system in Canada? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that I learned though, I learned, though that, um, there is kind of no hope for trans people in our prison system. Mm. And that's actually a very scary thing. So I think we, that's something that we need to reevaluate. Well, yeah, because I guess we've yeah. seen it on Orange is the New Black or whatever we saw, but it's the op it is a very interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. there's, no, there's nowhere for trans people to go. So they get put in either which gender they were born with. Right. Oh. So, um, which can be scary. Oh, for sure. That is really scary. Journey is so different, you right. know. Yeah. Well, mm. and also once you're incarcerated, you don't have access to, let's say, the hormones or you know the resources yeah. that you had prior to that. Yeah. yeah. I'm still stuck on the thong thing. Why? <laughs> is it because then they're they like, don't drop the soap in a male prison. You're going to turn the other women on. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I need to know. We need answers. You do. Maybe it's like a violence thing. It's easier to give a wedgie, like a really atomic wedgie. <laughs> well, I honestly think wearing thongs is like walking around with a permanent wedgie. <laughs> right? I don't know. I like them. I think it's because I feel like they're not there. Like I'm not wearing underwear. I can feel it. I am like, this thing is giving me a wedgie. I try to explain it to my boyfriend. I'm like, you have no idea. You have to try one of these because I'm walking around with the wedgie all day. And why am I doing this? What's the point? It's isolation. Like, why am I doing this? I'm <laughs> not trying some people, to impress you. Some people like that feeling. Okay. <laughs> some There's people a trend on. <laughs> Apparently I do. There's a trend on TikTok where you have to catch a cell phone in your butt. Oh. So somebody drops it and you're supposed to catch it between your butt cheeks. And there's a lot of people who can do this. I'm like, I don't even know if I want to attempt that. I don't think I'm trying right now. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> butt, I don't think I could separate my butt cheeks enough for the phone to drop in to that suction. I could. <laughs> so talk about your character. Top Dog is one of the top dogs on the show. We saw in episode one, everyone's like, stay out of her bad books. You seem like such a nice person. What a leap for you to go to play like a bad bitch running the jail. What's that like? I was really happy to get this role because I didn't, I haven't played anything like that before. And I'm like, I'm a Scorpio. Like I have some fierceness in me. That's just like waiting to be seen. And in my roommates and escort, my character is very non-confrontational. And that's pretty much the only thing that people ever bring up to me that they've seen so I feel like they expect me to be like that character. They think I'm going to be like, uh, I'm like afraid to talk to people and you can like push me around. So it was actually really fun for me to get to play a tough character. We were talking about on a previous uh, episode about this like inner voice. What is it called? It has a different personality. Telpa. Telpa. Something about Telpa. Anyways, <laughs> is there like a little bit of your character that's definitely a part of you that you want to like have out more? I've always wondered this because I'm not an actor. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and do you like get a chance to like unleash her? Does she have a name? Like, Well, I do feel like after you, like once you get a script and you start to study a character, I feel like you take a little piece of that character with you. Like once you play somebody, I feel like because you got so into their head and did things from their perspective, you do take a bit of that with you. So I feel like people who play really scary people, that's just terrifying. Because so how are they not him. scary? Yeah, like the Joker that messed him yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it just, you do get into that 
like anything you think of when you're studying or when, or when you're on set performing, you have to think of as them, not as you. So I, oh my gosh, this lady yelled at me for being too close to her in line at a Dollarama or a dollar store. It wasn't Dollarama. It was like a, another dollar store. Dollar Tree. And <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. There's so many dollar stores. So, or was it you guys who said more like four Rama, four dollar Rama? Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. Nothing's a dollar anymore. Um, and this lady yelled at me and I, I wanted to go like all top dog on her ass. She was like, you have been way too close to me in line this entire time. Like I wasn't talking. I had a mask on. I'm like, I'm just, it was during the holiday season. I'm like, I'm just trying to buy bags for my presents. Like I wanted to be like, oh yeah, like fuck you. You know who I am? Yes, I'm dog dog. Like I wanted to go all crazy on her, but I, I kept it to myself. And then I went to my car like any normal person and I started cursing in my car. And then a friend of mine I haven't seen in years sent me a video and was like, hey, isn't this you? I just saw you in your car. And the video is of her in her car across from me, like zooming into my car as I was swearing. I'm like, did you notice I was like yelling and swearing to myself? Maybe this is like a thing she does, goes around to people off and then tries to see how they react. <laughs> but it wasn't the she, so the person who filmed me wasn't the person who yelled at me in oh, the store. Oh. You could be yeah. a viral TikTok right now. Yeah. <laughs> I could be. It would help my account because I try to post comedy and it gets 200 views, so. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on TikTok, Messy right. Podcast. Oh, yes. But, you know, I don't get those people who are the shamers, because if you're so scared, then, you know, you're risking you potentially taking your mask off and saying, what'd you say, bitch? And now you're going to get all the droplets. Like, just keep it moving. That's what I do. Trust me. When I replayed it in my head, I did the, like, take it off and get in her face. Like, what'd you say, bitch? I did that when I replayed it in my head in the car. <laughs> your inner voice, your talupa, or whatever the hell it's talpa, called. Talpa, talpa. It's a medical term for the voice <laughs> in your head. Exactly. It was saying talpa like, is in my head now, and it's top dog is my talpa. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also got, I, oh, sorry. I was going to say I got pulled over one day, and I'm like, and she, like, was, she just let me go, and I wasn't doing anything. She thought I was on my cell phone. I wasn't. Um... But I definitely thought, okay, yeah, top dog scared her off. <laughs> she's there. She's like a little, like, on your shoulder. She's on my shoulder. She'll always yeah. be there, you know, being like, yeah, that's, you know, I gave a dollar less tip than I really wanted to. Top dog. <laughs> top dog. I'm going to do that whenever I'm a brat to somebody now. I'm just going to be like, top dog. Top dog. <laughs> Keep an eye on that, Rebecca. So, you know, Top Dog's an incredible character on this show. She's tough, but there's a lot of colorful characters. And I think that's one of the things that sets it apart, too, is, like, these are, like, cartoon characters come to life, which I love. <laughs> I think my favorite might be the bailiff or, like, the head ha the boss lady. And oh, yes, Warden Dunworth. Yes. Thank you. Played by Ellie Ray Hennessy. Yeah. She's amazing. And you know who it reminds me of? I'm sure Ellie Ray is a fabulous actor in her own right, but she reminds me oh, of Ransky. Has anyone said that before? You see oh, it. Oh, right? yes. Now I see it. He's got a Christmas. Very much so. Yes. He's that reminded me of like all the quirky principles <laughs> and like that you saw growing up on TV that you loved in like, you know, like you think of Mr. Feeney, you think of like, um, oh, yeah. Belding, like yeah, all yeah. of those characters kind of combined and she's so like, theatrical with their face. Jane Lynch on Glee. That's Glee's. exactly yeah. what I love. Oh, yes, totally. She's she really also, she was in Goosebumps, and she played a character called Clarissa. If you Google it, you will be like, yes, I remember that episode. What was the episode? There had to have been something, because we're sitting there watching, and I go, why do I know her face? She reminds me of Sally Jesse Raphael. She reminds me of Marilyn Dennis. She reminds me of this. I'm like, no, that's not it. I've seen her before. Yes, and she's in a ton of stuff, and she also does a bunch of voice work, like yeah. My Little Pony. Um, but I swear you'll remember the Goosebumps episode if you've ever watched it, or if you're in your 30s or grew up on like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you Google Clarissa Goosebumps, you're going to be like, of course, that's her. 
I remember that episode. It was terrifying. She's like a crow lady, like a crow come to life, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Crow lady, like what's her name? Moira Rose. Moira Rose. So speaking yes. of that, though, yeah. is Shit's Creek put Canadian content and Canadian TV on the map. Like every yeah. celebrity that you can possibly imagine was tweeting about you know, Shit's Creek. What do you think, especially as an executive producer as well, like what do you think, Rebecca, what, has that opened doors for more Canadian content? Oh, totally. I mean, I think, you know, we've always had amazing Canadian comedy chops. Like, I mean, look at SNL, like so many Canadians have done that. Second City, like, um, and I think Schitt's Creek really did a good job and Working Moms and Kim's mm-hmm. Companions. Like they've, and Letter Kenny, they've all done really good at opening like the international market to Canadian comedy. And, um, and it's amazing to see like, you know, Canadian comedies being nominated and winning Emmys. Like that hasn't happened ever, basically. Yeah, they come like, like all the Emmys. Hell, he's hosting. SNL like that is insane. that's huge I know for once it's not just his dad's eyebrows that are gonna be the joke of the show <laughs> <laughs> it'll be his eyebrows yeah, yeah. <laughs> or his yeah. and Alexis's hilarious music video on fantasy. he's moved on to do some really incredible has some great roles coming up as well in movies yeah. and TV shows yeah everyone's done yeah. so great mm-hmm. yeah why yeah, and another thing too is they were already great before Schitt's Creek, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you knew, if you had seen a lot of Canadian indie films and like Canadian indie like TV series and web series, you knew who these actors were, uh, other than the Levy family and Catherine O'Hara, which are like royalty. But like, you there know. are a lot of people who did not realize that Catherine O'Hara was the the mom from Home Alone. Yeah. She's in Beetlejuice. Like, yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. She was like. That was you know, a good movie. Yeah. Why like, she and so Burton worked together for years, actually. Like, she was, she voiced Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, oh, I didn't Why know do you think it's so hard for Canadians, even to that standard, to get recognized by, like, especially Americans? I mean, they know who they are, they love them, and then they're like, oh, they're Canadian? Like, it's a surprise. Like, we're so different. Well, I think the other problem is, is that in Canada, we also, we don't celebrate our Canadians. We're always like, oh, this American, oh, this American, or oh, as soon as a Canadian goes to LA, they're like, oh yeah, that cool person's awesome. Look at Mike Myers, Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, like they made it in LA first and then everyone in Canada was like, oh yeah, you're cool. (laughs) I see it happen all the time too with like in the acting world. Um, Jesse, I know you're a performer and stand-up comedian. Do you do auditions for TV? Yes, are you offering one? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. Not at this exact moment, but do you find like they'll have all these Canadians go out for these roles and then if you actually you know you end up getting a role it's like one line and all the lead parts are given to americans but it's shooting up here yeah that's frustrating it's so frustrating when you know like we're all auditioning but then am i not correct that if you do shoot at a certain location like in canada because i'm from vancouver so i have a ton of friends in film and that you yeah. have to audition Rebecca's from there. percentage of people. Yeah, you went to Cap U. Hey <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't go there, but I know lots of people who did. <laughs> <laughs> All them actors and film people went yeah. to Cap U. But if you film in like the city like Vancouver, if you film in Toronto, you have to audition a certain percentage of people from that area. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. You do have to the unions uh, kind of require you to have a casting call even though most producers are not going to hire them. It's just, it's a shitty way of things. But uh, yeah, a lot of American shows, like Trisha said, like they don't, they don't hire you unless you're like a one line day player. And maybe you're one actor out of, you know, all the LA people they bring up, which sucks. But the lucky Um, thing, like with the pandemic is a lot of shows now. And then also with like, Shit's Creek success, like we were talking about. A lot of shows are getting picked up now for streaming in the States. Like I noticed today, Jan 
Um, I have a friend who's in that show and he posted that it's going to start airing on Hulu now in the States. So I think because of Schitt's Creek, but then also like a combination of the pandemic maybe because it's so much worse in the States that they're not shooting right now. So they're picking up Canadian content, which is. And like the fun thing too is that the pandemic has really shifted gears and so many American shows are filming in Canada now because they can't in the States. But that, let me finish answering the question, which is that makes me feel a lot better, Trish, because yeah, I get a lot of auditions. Like even last fall, I had 20 auditions for Hallmark movies filming in Ottawa, didn't get one. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking yeah. well, I got to hang it up. Right. But so knowing that sometimes you're just a statistic to fill that quota, that actually makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And they have the role cast, but actress like, oh, you have to like go You'll through the audition. audition process and audition locals. I, I think I've auditioned for like over the years because I've been at this for, I don't know, like eight years now. So probably like 300 Hallmark movies that I've never booked. Sure. Most of the things I audition for, I don't book. But then if they bring you back, you're like, okay, so I'm not That's sucking. Bad. But there's just, and actually from like, <laughs> from our producing and seeing audition tapes, what I've learned as an actor is that some, if you're being brought in for auditions, and a lot of people who unfortunately aren't even being brought in are still good, but they're not even good, getting out of guests. But if you're being brought in, you are good. Because I, there's only a couple of auditions that I auditions that make you be like, well, I don't know. But a lot of them, you're like, that, oh, I'm hearing an echo. Most of them, you're like, that person could play the role. Oh, that person's good. No, no, I think that person. Actually, this person's really good. Like, so many people are very good. And it just comes down to, you have to pick someone. Right. So, yeah. 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 And it's, it's, and that's the sad part too. But I think the other thing is, is that every time I see people in the audition room, I am always remembering them and writing notes about them, even if I'm not casting them in this particular role. So I'm always thinking like later down the road, my next project, would that person be good for this role or not? And so for example, on Pink is In, we were looking for cast and we were looking for, uh, a certain cast member to fill it was like one of the last roles and the team was like do you know anybody who could do this particular role and and stuff so I, I was like yeah I do actually I do know a bunch of people and I gave them a list of names and and one of the people on my list got the part which was awesome mm -hmm. you know and and that's kind of how I feel like as much as auditioning sucks it is kind of good for me in a way to like know who's out there well, I mean, it's no different than any other occupation in networking. The more people you meet, the more chances you are of doing business with different people. And they might think of you at a later date. Like, it all works out in the end. Yeah. And I think it's an important message for anyone, you know, aspiring is that it usually is rejection. So even people as fabulous as like me and Trish, it's usually rejection. <laughs> it is. And so it's crazy when you yep. feel like Shit's Creek that people are like, oh, that new actress, Annie Murphy. <laughs> and like you were saying, Rebecca, she's been around for ages, but that's why we call it a big break. We never know where your breaks are going to come from. We were talking about big breaks. We were talking about how it's important to audition, right. even though you get rejected all the time, because mm -hmm. the casting directors and the EPs, like Rebecca, remember you. So here's That's Jenna true. from our stupid radio show. The producers of Dirty Love were like, hey, what about your little co-host sidekick there? Oh, her. No I way. Uh, and they <laughs> She'll make a really good, like, lonely, horny girl in a sex shop. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And she did. And it's one of the standout scenes. She became a meme because of that line. So uh, I think it's just incredible to, you know, put yourself out there and you never know what's going to happen. So never look at a rejected audition as a failure because it was still an audition. What does Wayne so Murphy say? You miss a hundred shots of the shots of the you shots don't, don't take. take. Yeah. Don't take. Right. I said exactly. the shots you take. <laughs> oh, those two. <laughs> Depending on how good your hockey is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've got this all backwards. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're friends, Trish. Cheers. Yeah. Well, cheers. Mercury retrograde right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's go back to Pink is in. Uh, okay. We talked a little bit about Top Dog, but we want to dig into her a little bit more. Yes, and, and we just want to dig into her psyche a bit. Ooh. You know, Ooh. you spent a lot of time with her, you know her. So, um, before actually, before we even get into just her, 
Um, we did do a part one of this episode and unfortunately we had technical difficulties. So this is part two. And one really fun question that we missed on the part one because of technical difficulties was if both of you, so we'll ask Rebecca first, if you could have anyone guest appear on the show, who Ooh. would they be and what role would they play? I think I said Viola Davis would be my top choice. Because she's a boss. I'm sorry. She's so badass. Also, I don't know if you guys saw that movie, Widows, where she played, like, a freaking badass, like, and, like, killed a bunch of people. Um, but I was thinking she could come into the prison and, like, kind of, like, give the warden a run for her money. Is that even possible? Because, I mean, we only watched a couple episodes, but that warden, she, she I mean, she's... Bad. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, I've watched the whole first season like four times. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yay. I have. Please write to Belle and tell them that you want, you want more of the show. Right, exactly. Yeah. Belle, let's talk. And how about you, Trish? If you have anyone guest star. Well, there's this, um, these hosts from a podcast. One of them I know from that viral meme. <laughs> And she had this amazing line about a vibrator that she came up with on her own in um, Dirty. It's us, Trish. Just say it's us. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really bad at go-karting. Right? <laughs> I think she should do in an episode. She should, like, go-kart right into the prison. And oh, everybody out. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? She needs to be a warden. If she's going to be on that show, <laughs> she's a warden. And then we have um, Jesse could come in like as maybe a stripper for a special occasion, like maybe for Top Dog's birthday. I like oh, it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> like he would play like the dumb ditzy stripper, right? Of course. Yes. Yeah. That's a little more creative. I was thinking, how could I get on this show? And I'd be like too gay to be at a men's prison. So they, not they let me go. Yeah. Be, like trans. <laughs> yeah. So they put me in the women's, like, I don't know. I could do their hair or something. I don't know. Yeah. No. no. Just, <laughs> just let's go with stripper. Okay. Let's do that. Right. What'd you say, Rebecca? They said you come for some conjugal visits. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Who, who's gonna buy that? <laughs> who, who am I conjugally visiting? The warden maybe, there. Maybe, no, the warden's the, a um, One of the guards. One of the guards. Yeah. Right. Well, I could play straight. I could butch it up. Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, we had a, sh a show on the radio. We had a straight Jesse. Yeah. So. Hey, oh, bud, yeah. Want to go for a rip, bud? <laughs> now you sound like you belong on Letter Kenny. I, I don't want to shock anybody, but I am still a boy. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but enough about us. We are, we're happy to guest star anytime. So, thank you for that answer. Uh, but who's your real answer? <laughs> uh, that was the real answer. Good, good. Okay, great. We'll take it. We'll take it. So, back to Top Dog then. Um, <laughs> Top Dog. Let's think of a fun question for Top Dog. Okay, so here's the thing. Trying to get into the psyche of Top Dog. Um, yeah. Would Top Dog ever... If, if Top Dog was to escape prison... Ooh. Okay. What would be the one tool that she would use? Like how El Chapo used a spoon. Um, right, or like used his like huge cartel. <laughs> I was going to say, El Chapo mm. used his... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I feel like... Top dog, what would she, I don't think she would actually, I feel like she wouldn't want to escape because she's not going to have that power out in the real world. But if she were to escape, I feel like she would just walk right out the door. Yeah, like some crafty, that's what I feel like, very crafty, yeah. very like Lupin or whatever that spy show is called. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very like casually just like stroll out by like taking off someone else's outfit and putting her own, own on. And I feel like she wouldn't even yeah. do that. She would just be like, see Pip lying drunk and be like, what's up? Yeah. And just walk out the door. <laughs> and then she'd come back because she'd be like, now what? Yeah. You know what? It's so interesting you said that because I've wondered if that's a real thing. Do you guys remember Jodi Arias? She was like a scandal. It was like 2017. She killed her boyfriend no. in the shower and then she oh, went on yeah, yeah. 
So she apparently is thriving in a women's prison. She is the top <laughs> dog and no she way. loves it. She runs craft nights. She runs talent shows. She's like <laughs> living her best life in jail. And so I'm like, is that really oh. a punishment? Now you're the most popular girl in school. Like, yeah. Is that a real thing? So that's so interesting. So for Top Dog, well, maybe I feel that like I feel like, you know, there's definitely that level of like power, but then there's still going to be, you know, it's still a women's prison and you got to figure out how to get some. <laughs> so <laughs> that might be the reason why Top Dog leaves. She's like, I need, I need some real D. <laughs> and then she right. Because we never discussed Top Dog's love life. Yeah. That's not touched upon in the first... Four episodes, anyway. Oh my god! So. Do, do you have any assumptions about her love life? I mean, I could definitely see her being. I don't know if this, like, the writers haven't told me anything about her sexuality, but I could definitely see her being like in the closet, um, or maybe like pansexual. Like maybe she, because she's. I feel like she's kind of like in open person i feel like maybe she's she just like loves who she loves i also feel like in like right? a women's only prison or a men's only prison you have no choice but to be pansexual again <laughs> like what rebecca said you kind of got to take what you can get yeah exactly exactly right. yeah i feel like they should definitely um i should forward the episode about the guy the dildo the guy putting the dildo in the shower and like all the tiles coming down i feel like that was a funny storyline yeah (laughs) i feel like that has to happen to someone in this show because we did shoot a version with dildos so there's like a clean and then there's like a cleaner version and a more explicit version but the cleaner one is on is on air right now. I'm really interested how you make dildos not explicit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those, the scenes that we had also shot with dildos were shot with toys, like with, um, because there's a fight in one scene with these toys. That look like dildos, but they're not. No, that are, that are. They look like kind of like a, like a, like a Barbie or like a Ken doll. And we have this like, showdown with the dolls and the two of the characters fight in this ring and we're all throwing popcorn at them and screaming but we also shot like an alternate version with dildos so okay i'm like yeah. i'm listening Keep yeah, going. Like, yeah. okay and then where does the hot part come in like <laughs> you know what did you stick it to that's exciting definitely like when we're on set there definitely was like okay we're gonna shoot it this way so it's a little bit more r-rated and then we're gonna shoot it this way and then down the road maybe it'll go this way or maybe yeah just you know Um, i know in part one of the interview i asked you both like what's something you learned about the canadian prison system especially female incarceration but now i want to ask you this question is everything that you've learned and done with research what is like one skill you would take with you if you ended up in prison rebecca's already laughing so i know you have an answer right now she's like i know i know what's like one skill you would take from this show and be like like tomorrow if you got arrested for tax evasion you're thrown in the slammer what's like one thing where you'd be like okay well you know, this is what I'm going to take from what I've learned. I just act like a real bad bitch. Like I would totally (laughs) just channel top dog. And I read Chelsea Handler's, one of her books, and she was thrown in jail for a couple of days. And that's exactly what she did. She was like, I just came back from Alcatraz. Like (laughs) I I killed a bitch. Like I'm in here for murder. And she was really in for using. Takes her her eyeliner and puts like a little teardrop on her (laughs) cheek. And it worked. She said the woman above her in the bed, in like the uh, bunk above her, was actually a murderer. She had murdered her sister, her own sister, with a hammer. So Chelsea was like, "I have to be even badder than that bitch." Right. Yeah. Was so that Harlem Hamolka up on the upper bunk? Like, yeah, I would do that. I would sister? be like, I chopped my man's penis off with a machine. <laughs> I think that is great I, advice. Lorena bobbed that. I would just apply. totally channel Lorena. <laughs> channel Lorena. Good advice throughout life, you're too. Right, because, what? It applies in all day life. That's what I'm saying. Act like you're supposed to be there, even if you're not. Right. Yeah. And yeah. when I was in prison, <clears throat> they well, refer- I'm not lying. The drunk tank. It wasn't for I mean, one night. 12 hours. <laughs> 
but they kept calling me Blondie, the other prisoners, which no. now is like, I should have leaned into it. But at the time I was taking it as an insult. So I was like crying, oh, I need my mom. Oh, you know, hey, what are you in for Blondie? I should have been like, I'm in for chopping off your dick. And they would have left me alone. <laughs> or should, you should have been like, see how blonde my hair is? Wait till you see how blonde my asshole is. Yeah, <laughs> gross. <laughs> but the point is, me crying in the corner made them prey on me harder. So yes, yes. top dog gotta, energy. You gotta top big dick dog energy. that shit. Top dog that shit. All right, Rebecca, what what uh, <laughs> what trick of the trade are you bringing with you to prison? I feel like for me, it would be silence. I would just be silent the whole time. <laughs> oh, you'd be like the silent like, weird one. Yeah. Yes, like when you took the bus in LA and yeah. no one would mess with you because you were really quiet and you were just like, I'm 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 bad. And I'm yeah. silent. Yeah, like, as if nothing bothers me, silence. That is creepy. Like, I'm, 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 I grew up in a city. I grew up in Vancouver. And, like, one thing that creeps me out more than anything, like, I can walk downtown East Hastings and, like, crackheads all around me. I don't yeah. mind. But as yeah. soon as it's quiet, that's the creepy part. But you know yeah. what? When I walked down East Hastings growing up in Vancouver, I was just quiet. I just minded my <laughs> business. Like He's who you saw. He's who creeped you out. <laughs> but you know, yeah, like, I was just, like, by determined, determined right. and, like, blocked out everybody, and it was quiet, and nobody, to this day, no one has ever, like, bothered me. Whereas my friend, she would always get in trouble. I was like, what were you doing? They're like, I don't know, I was, like, on the phone or something. I was like, that's your problem. I, I would walk of... like a zombie. I would do the opposite. If I was afraid at night, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> And then no one would come near me. If I was silent, I'd get chased. I've been chased at night. Like, I, I, the silent thing does not work for me. You've See, been you chased at like, night? To, no, oh, yeah, I've been followed home. Nothing. I'm jealous. It's the eye contact. You can't actually look someone in the face. Right. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping one of you would have been like, well, while we were shooting and I was doing my research, I learned how to build a shank out of a toothbrush. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's easy that we learn from watching TV now. So. <laughs> They're like, we've done known that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I get very, very into the roles. My, my partner is very concerned that uh, right. yeah, he thinks I have a problem. All the, everything is a sharp object in this house now. Well, Trish, you do have a problem. You're in Canadian entertainment. I mean. <laughs> and it's true. There's this woman who I'm like loosely related to, this Italian woman. And she always says, you got to go to New York. You got to. What are you doing in Canada? You got to go to New York. Right. Yeah. She says that to me every time I see her in person. And um, she messaged me the other day on Facebook. I'm telling you, kid. New York's your calling. You gotta get out of Canada. You're like, I'm working on it. I won't say no. Also, but... are you gonna pay for me to live <laughs> exactly. in New York? Yeah. <laughs> right? Maybe she'll sponsor me. I, I you know, Joy Behar, her. God bless her. Well, she's not dead. I don't know why I'm talking like she is. But Joy Behar gave the best piece of advice ever, which is do what you can where you are, which means like if you're aspiring any industry, do what you can where you are. Don't pick up yeah. and move to New York if you have no credits to your name. Start yeah. your community. Start a theater production. Do what you can where you are. Kumbaya. I agree with that. I like that. That's why we came back here to my hometown because we were, you know, it's a little bit easier I find to produce in my hometown because we have the community support. All these local businesses are super excited about what we're doing. They jump on board in Toronto. They're like, oh, another film. Right. So yeah, there's definitely- like My mentality has always been, why would I be a small tiny fish in a giant pond? Whereas I could be a big fish in yeah. a small the small pond. And the, you can be the top fish. Exactly. You can hey. be the top fish, and then eventually that recognition is going to get you to that bigger pond. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm sorry, but we just got the new nickname for season two's character that, like, goes against top dog. We got top fish and top dog. <laughs> oh, there top is fish? service Ooh, fish. Top fish. Oh, yeah, top there. fish. There we go. We have yeah. to put you in touch with the creator, Lisa. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, you're welcome on the podcast anytime. <laughs> Lisa is so fantastic and I also have to give a big shout out to Lisa because she's been a big supporter and great friend for the last few years and when she messaged me and said hey I'm developing this show I have a character that's perfect for you I never would have thought it would be top dog this right. is like yeah it's such a cool role for me because I don't know 
there's not many people that believe in you in this industry. So what inspired Lisa to create this show? Like where did she, was she incarcerated or? She was actually on set for a prison show. And then she said when she was in that care, like in the costume, she was like, why aren't there, or she was, maybe it was a prison scene. Yeah, I think so. And it was like one episode. So she was there and she was like, why aren't there any prison shows right now? And then I think she had the idea and it's all in um, some articles that I've, some of the press I've been reading online. And then I guess she reached out to, maybe Kim was on set with her that day, I think. Kim, who was one of the writers as well. Oh, not Kardashian. I thought you meant Kardashian. And, no, no. Kim, <laughs> Kim Lombard. Very, <laughs> two very different people. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. And then Caroline as well, the three of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, wrote and felt together. But yeah, I think Lisa got the idea one day on set. Um, previous in our part one of this interview, it sounds so fancy. Well, when you we can't make say that, but no one's going to know the difference because yeah. it's going to be edited together. But we did. We talked about, well, they'll notice we'll like, the difference. A, 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 like a intermission sign. Exactly. So. Um, but we talked about how, you know, shows like Shit's Creek and Kim's Convenience have influenced Canadian shows and put them on a bigger platform. Um, do you also think that shows like yours are going to put all female casts, pretty much all female casts, on a bigger platform? Because there aren't a lot of shows, and I think that was one of the things that were was so appealing about like Orange is the New Black as well. Is like all of a sudden, yeah. like with all these females of all different shapes, forms, sizes, beliefs, identifying genders, like everything. Do you think that your show is going to trailblaze that for more? All female Canadian cast. I know he's like, oh fuck, really? Girl? <laughs> I hope. What? I hope. So. I love the Real Housewives. <laughs> yes, I hope so. I think like we've been getting a lot of press um, from like the local community about how inspiring the casting was for this show because not only is are we casting primarily female and also um, non-binary and trans and all ethnicities, but also the fact that the show cast local talent in Ontario and like really a lot of people who are primarily based in Hamilton which a lot of actors who work in Hamilton they work in background or they have like SOC seen on screen or maybe like one line on a show which is really sad because the talent in Canada is so great Um, so it's nice to see like that and that's one of the things that the creators really want to stay true to if the show moves bigger is that we want to keep our cast. We don't want to recast, you know, unless someone's unavailable, but we really want to hold to the, the talent that came to the show and that got auditioned. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is a great show. Pink is in on Bell 5 now. There's some things I want to ask you about your experience or your personal lives. Starting with Rebecca, I understand that you used to shoot nature documentaries, which is Listen, when I smoke a little too much marijuana and I get on those... You mean every night after 5 p.m.? <laughs> yeah. And I get on those David Attenborough nature documentaries, they blow my mind. So the main question I have for you is, do you really have to like set up a camera and just leave it there for days and then go through the footage? So the sort of nature docs that I shot were actually VR docs, so they were like 360. This is like at the beginning of, of 360 filming. Um, and I was like working with the company in Vancouver to produce those. And so, yeah, we did. We, um, one episode was shot in Northwest Territories about the Northern Lights. And the other episode was shot in the Grand Canyon area about all the rock formations and stuff there. And for both times, we spent 10 days there filming. And it would be like, you know, like, in, when we shot in Northwest Territories, we would have to wait till it was dark. So at 6 p.m., we would drive out to these designated locations that I found along the way and researched. And then we would set up our cameras and we had like a various camera setups in the woods, on like, on like frozen lakes, like all that fun stuff. And then we would just leave the cameras there all night. And then go get drunk in camp. <laughs> No, oh, that's just us. No, because I was like, this sounds like the best job ever. You go, you set up your camera, you leave, you go get drunk by the campfire, wake up in the morning. No, because we because of the case. So because <laughs> we were shooting in like minus thirty five, not including wind chill, like 
The first oh! day, my glasses broke in half, guys. Like it's not, it's like it's not a fun time. And uh, then in the Grand Canyon, didn't you get like <laughs> heat burn or whatever heat yeah. stroke? So, so in yeah, we went from like one extreme to the other. Um, but we, yeah, we left our cameras out all night, so we were getting these beautiful like northern lights, time lapse, and all of that stuff. And then in the Grand Canyon. We were shooting in like 117 degrees Fahrenheit, which is insane. Like, and we were out all day. And it's like, that dry heat too. And it's it's dry, that yeah. dry, dry heat where your nose yeah. is gonna bleed. Yeah, and we're doing we're doing like the like that rotation. It's like a small team, and we only got like a few hours of sleep every day, and we're back. Yeah. There. And we have to check the cameras to make sure that they're a Still the battery didn't die yeah. or the cables didn't break or an animal didn't get it like, you can know? you imagine a bear got your camera oh. that would be really great footage if you could get it back though yeah exactly <laughs> you know so it was like it was it was definitely a fun crazy experience would i do it again i don't know <laughs> that's what i mean mad respect for you nature filmmakers like even the ones like you know you see them following a spider in the desert for like three days and now he has to yeah. build a home it's like how do you get the camera down there well, they don't they have these those guys have like these crazy crazy long long lenses like snakes uh, that you snake they, out the hair from your like, drain they are actually a lot of times they're far away from the animal because they want to respect the animal in nature so they're on these like telescopic like lenses basically uh, to get they're like a sniper yeah they right. are yeah, well just, that was the one thing that i didn't like about nature like i used to watch this show on national geographic called meerkat manor i don't know oh, if anyone's yeah. meerkats okay, Meerkats live like soap opera level lives. They're monogamous. <laughs> they literally have like dramatic, but these people that film them, they had to film them. And like when they were dying or sick, they couldn't help them because they're like, it's nature and you have to like just Aww. let them. And I was like, I couldn't imagine being That's a so filmer sad. and just like watching your friend that you've followed for like three months just like slowly die. Or like imagine watching so like an animal, a cute animal, and then you're like, oh, well, now it just got eaten by a lion. <laughs> be awful like, your guts are pretty we have nature right yeah now we're all looking at trish here thinking she's so pretty and we're jealous but uh it almost uh it almost didn't last this way because you had a very dangerous accident recently and I see this is uh, listen okay full disclosure on this show i try to do segues i can't do segues to <laughs> no, save my life was... so what i'm trying to say is recently trish fell and impaled her butt on the ice <laughs> yeah. like your oh, asshole yes. yeah yeah that did happen yeah it was tobogganing and i was thinking maybe the pinky story because i fell in the shower and i broke my pinky and it has not healed something went oh. up your butt that wasn't supposed to <laughs> i've been well, there girl Okay, well, <laughs> I went tobogganing, bought a toboggan online, curbside pickup, get the toboggan, go to the hill. I see some twigs, like some thick sticks sticking out of the, out of the hill. Might have been your cue. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm probably gonna run these over, but they'll just flatten under the toboggan. So it goes like directly up the toboggan. One of the sticks were like thick, like little stumps. It goes up the toboggan, right through like this chunk of the toboggan goes flying and it like scrapes my butt and kind of like pokes it. But I had two pairs of pants on and um, snow pants. Thank God you would have lost your anus. I would have <laughs> lost my anus. Yeah. yeah. So it was, was it a was it one of those like cheap plastic? Jesse wants to know where to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> Which hill was this? Uh, yeah. Which hill and where do I buy said toboggan? But was it a plastic or a wooden? It was plastic. Okay. And so we've duct taped no it, yeah. but like an actual hole just it just like bombarded right through the plastic just like hole. that hey part of it just went flying just, it just went right up there it could right up there so like that <laughs> yeah it could have been really really bad if i didn't have the snow pants on i wow. still have a scrape on my butt yeah well scrape, thank god like, you're right okay yeah. Yeah. they could write that into the script somehow right fish, fish goes rebecca i just did something stupid blah 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 happened to me today <laughs> 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 She's oh like, gosh why were you what? What is going on? And and Trish, you didn't see that accident coming in mm -hmm. one of your psychic dreams, which I understand you have frequently. 
Yeah, no, I did not see that coming. I did not. Although one day I had a dream and I was super, like I usually tell people about a psychic dream. So I wake up, I'm freaked out. I told my boyfriend, uh, I had a dream. I was in a car and we ended up in water. I was with a man. I'd like, that's all I can recall, but we were in water. And then like two days later, my brother-in-law, he has a Jeep and he was like, oh, we're going off-roading. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, that would switch things up because I've been inside like all the time. Yeah. So I go off-roading and we ended up broken down in a lake and had to leave the Jeep there. How'd you get in the lake? You just skipped over a very important part of that story. Oh, so he's driving towards this little river and I was like, oh, ah. and I had this really bad gut feeling. I'm like, the other night I had a dream that I drove right into a river oh, and I'm gosh. like, I'm like, we're not like going anywhere near that. Are we, are we? And then that was like part of the trail. And then we go down and through the river and the Jeep like breaks and gets stuck. So then I'm stuck in this river. So then the other Jeep had to like get out a rope, pull us out, leave one Jeep there, drive back in town. They got a part for it and they went back and fixed it. That's crazy. And you're here to, to live to tell the story. Yes. But what do you attribute that to? Like, because you're a bit psychic too. Look, y'all are even dressed the same. Your wow. hair is even kind of the same. Weird. So I want mine to be as long as yours. Yes. Hers <laughs> has gotten really long. It's Jeff. called lockdown, and I've had to postpone my <laughs> haircut like five times now. But that's a whole other episode, uh, not your hair, but being psychic. And so I'm just yeah. curious, do you believe in it? Like, did you think your dream was a premonition or is it just coincidence? I thought it was a coincidence, but I had another one a couple months ago with a bear and Rebecca was there for it. And I had told her about it that morning and it was to a T. Like my sister who was in the dream was in it. She was standing outside the car. A baby bear runs by her. I start freaking out. Rebecca's in the passenger seat with me. Like I told them in detail this dream. It came true the next day. And like, how many times do you end up in a lake? How many times in a car? How many times in your life do you actually see a bear? Mm. So these dreams are actually <laughs> happening like a movie before they happen. I see them like a movie the exact way they end up happening. And this is oh. since I was 12. And I used to always try to brush it off and just say that was weird. But now I've actually started writing my dreams down. So I'm Smart. like, trying to tell me something. So I'm going to write them down and then, I, but I don't know which ones are going to come true and which ones are just a crazy dream. So how do you prevent something from happening? Because you guys can call the movie Dream Catcher. <laughs> yeah. Or Dream Chaser. Oh my God. Executive producer Rebecca, here's another concept. Let's, <laughs> let's make a movie about this. A girl that has dreams and then it happens because that's never been done Because before. it's never been a girl that has a dream and it comes true. All I, I know is dream chaser and maybe she tries to because I do know which ones I think might come true because they look like a movie and they're not weird like somebody right. you would actually look like you in a psychic dream but if it was a regular dream you might not look exactly like right. how you actually look like how sometimes in a dream your mom looks like your fifth grade teacher but it's yes. your mom yeah. yeah in a psychic dream she would it would feel real like your it, like it was really happening and your mom would look just like your mom well, Trish Renoni, if you ever dream about me, please send me a DM immediately. I will. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for coming back for part two. Oh, and yes. Honestly, congrats on your award. And yes, thank you. you. <laughs> I'm so excited you guys won. I was uh, voting. Hopefully, thank you very much. Hopefully, you guys get some awards and or a season two. Like, there was you so. Yes, please watch the show. And the best part I love about a show is that it is shorts. So it's like one of those, like right now, you know, you're busy. You don't have a big attention span because you're inside all the time. It's just mm -hmm. something great to like put on, you know, and give it a binge. Give it quick a binge. binge. A quick binge. You know, I know what you're saying. It's not intimidating. Right. Like, it's not a, it's oh. much, like much of a commitment. The, you know, the show Wentworth that I know you guys mm -hmm. get compared to a lot. Uh, my yeah. friend Jana has been bugging me to watch this show. She's obsessed. And I'm like, there's eight seasons and every episode is like over an hour. I'm not doing, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> and so yours, it's not intimidating. No. It's not intimidating. <laughs> and we're funny. 
and funny yes <laughs> and you guys have pledged and let's say that this is on this podcast you've pledged to maintain the humor and comedy throughout so even if we're talking again at season six you guys will still be like remember that first time on that first interview we did with you and we said we'd keep it funny i hope you guys stick to your word because for me these days funny wins Fuck the okay. drama. We have enough of we it need, in our life. We need, that, we need that, like, comedic relief after all of this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And who are you kidding that we're going to be talking to them at season six? If we don't get a guest spot, they're not coming back. <laughs> so, thank you. And cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Rebecca Thanks and Trish, so much thank for you. having us. Cheers. Yeah, thank you.